0: Welcome and thank you for joining me. Um, Today I'm interviewing Fiona Hill, who's running to be the next rector at the University of St. Andrews. Um, Fiona Hill came to St. Andrews from a working class family in County Durham. Um, Once she graduated from St. Andrews, she went on to study um, both a master's and a PhD at Harvard University Um, in the United States. She went on to advise three presidents and is a world renowned um, voice on foreign affairs, specifically about Russia. Fiona has never forgotten St Andrews from serving as the head of the St Andrews American Foundation, where she worked to increase and diversify the number of American students um, coming to St Andrews to administrating the university's honorary graduation address in 2019. As a rectoral candidate, Fiona wants to increase accessibility across St Andrews from facilitating communication between the administration and students, increasing interaction with um, alumni networks, and bolstering and advertising the rectors fund. I'm really excited and honored to talk to her about the topic I'm really passionate about, which is climate justice and climate activism. And I look forward to hearing more from you, Fiona, on the topic. Um, So, yeah, just to get us a little bit started, maybe you can um, explain a bit more what makes you passionate about wanting to become the next rector at the University of St Andrews.
1: Well, really, it's about um, just the amazing experience that I had as a student and undergraduate at St Andrews. I mean, I wouldn't be doing any of the things that I'm doing today without St Andrews, honestly. I mean, you said a little bit about my background. I came from a very underprivileged background. Um, no one in my immediate family had uh, been to university. In fact, I mean, my parents uh, finished school at 14 in my dad's case, went down the coal mines. His parents had finished at 13, you know, and gone into work in the coal mines in my granddad's case or in my granddad's case in a leather factory. And my mum went to train to be a nurse, um, you know, straight after school. Um, So for me, I mean, the opportunity to to go to university um, was an amazing one. I was very lucky at the time uh, that I did um, enter St Andrews, which was in 1984. That was actually against the backdrop of the miners' strike. But it was also a time when uh, the local education authorities paid for people like me from disadvantaged backgrounds to attend university. And I'm very well aware that that opportunity isn't available for most students today. And when I was at St Andrews, you know, I also had a lot of friends who came from You know, all kinds of different backgrounds, some of them gone to fee paying grammar schools or the comprehensive schools, a lot of kids, of course, from private schools. But in some cases, you know, children and I mean students who I thought would be much more privileged than I I was turned out to be having a really hard time because their parents couldn't always cover um, all of the fees and, you know, the accommodation costs. And St Andrew's was expensive back in the 80s as well. And it was just very difficult at times for people being a student there. You know, I got a lot of um, jobs on campus uh, to try to, um, you know, kind of put defer some of the costs, because often once you would paid for your uh, rent when you were in private accommodation, there wasn't much left for anything else. I had a lot of baked beans on toast and uh, canned soup <laughs> when I was a student. You know, so it's kind of uh, I, I don't eat baked beans anymore because it's just I think I probably had them for like every single bloody meal at one point. Uh, so, um, you know, I know how difficult it is. And. You know, I'm also a little worried. You know, in the, all the time that I've remained engaged with the university, some things just haven't changed. And I think, you know, a lot of that is trying to figure out how to work with students and to get into a proper partnership with the university and to get clear communications. And I am just like to help as much as I can. I mean, I remain committed to the university. I just want to say that, irrespective of what happens in this electoral campaign, because there are a couple of other good candidates, you know, I, I would like to um, you know help them out as well. In any case. Um, You mentioned I'd been on the St. Andrews American Foundation and, you know, that was not just raising money for American students to come, but also money for the university for student bursaries. And, you know, I'd like to um, help the university no matter what happens with trying to think about these issues of accessibility and affordability. And also, you know, help to raise St. Andrews profile internationally. I mean, St. Andrews is doing extraordinarily well in the tables, league tables, and all the assessments in the United Kingdom. But I think, you know, uh, more people around the world should uh, really know about the impact that St. Andrew's research and students have. I mean, you, you on climate change. I mean, this is great that you're doing what you are doing earlier, because St. Andrew's has been at the forefront since I was a student on lots of research into um, uh, environment and climate change. You know everything for the geology and geography departments and professors there who've looked at the kind of long cycles of climate change. I know some of the you know people um, from the time that I was there, all of the research done that's in Gatti into the marine environment. I mean, you you um, St Andrews, you, you read about St Andrews everywhere, in fact, and having some kind of an impact on these issues. And I do think that if we create multi generational coalitions, so students with faculty, alumni networks, we really can push change. And I think that's the kind of thing that needs to be done. And you know, students like you can really drive change too, not just wait for you know other people uh, to you know get their act together. My generation hasn't been so good at getting its act together on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, what what do you think of the the global youth movement that's been happening um, about the climate strikes? And and do you think it's been like significant? Um, Yeah, what just your thoughts on that? Well, it certainly grabbed my attention.
1: And, uh, you know, I had actually a personal, um, you know, kind of six degrees of separation experience uh, with this. And that Time magazine in the US uh, this past year, um, Greta Thunberg was person of the year, uh, which was extraordinarily well deserved for what she's been doing. I mean, I've just been completely amazed by her tenacity, her drive, her determination, her skill you know her youth is and this is a, a you know people call about an old soul and thank god you know she's out there you know doing um what she is because she's got the maturity and the drive uh, to really you know change things and getting other people pulling um alongside her and i actually was also featured in time magazine with many of the other people who had testified um at um the you know congressional hearings uh this time last year in fact and we were named as sort of guardians of the year but you know it made me think and seeing greta thunberg on um Um, the uh you know the front cover that she's a guardian as well you know i know there's kind of like making a quip about you know the avengers series guardians of the galaxy things like this but you know we need to to take action and you know i mentioned my own generation i mean we knew about climate change um you know in the 80s um you know it wasn't just al gore and uh, the you know the um, u.s vice president um, you know, speaking out about this. But when I was at university at St Andrews, there were lots of discussions about it. We had acid rain that was, um, you know, being tackled at the time, and the Thatcher government um, uh, of the, that particular era was not very keen on tackling it. It did take a lot of um, work by industry as well as um, coalitions. Uh, to uh, really tackle that, you know, the silver dark side in the atmosphere. And I was actually engaged when I was in high school with a lot of um, climate related work. Um, I'd initially wanted to come to St. Andrews to just to study geography, which would have um, led into at that point into environmental issues. But the uh, St. Andrews Geography Department was in a bit of a dodgy period and it wasn't clear whether it was going to be closed and you know kept open. And I plumped for Russian and modern history. You know, because at that time there was the ultimate climate change threat, which was nuclear winter. If there was an exchange of nuclear weapons between the US and uh, the Soviet Union, because the 1980s, we had a war scare with the um, stationing the SS-20 and Pershing missiles in Europe. And that kind of got my attention, you know, nuclear winter, you know, that would be the ultimate um, climate disaster. And so, you know, I got myself off on another path uh, than I do you know, initially intended. Um, Sadly, um, we still got a long way to go on arms control and we've lost an awful lot of time in, you know, that sort of 30 odd years um, and, and taking, you know, not insufficient action. And so I think that instead of trying to think of these macro uh, Paris um, Accords, I mean, of course, I sadly saw the US administration pulling out of this. We need to think of kind of a minilateralism approach. What kind of coalitions could you, you know, get into motion that could tackle different aspects of it? And again, it requires working across generations and working across different groups, and people like you, and people like Greta Thunberg, and children in schools, mm. you know, kind of really can uh, make a difference as well. Because it's your future, um, it's all my future as well. But we've got to do something together.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think for us, it's also you realize how long this has been a topic, like for my parents, and yeah, even before, like it's just been it's been talked about for so long. And I guess it's now is the question, like how can we really scale up the action that, that we need? And, and that also leads me a little bit to, to the next question. Like, how would you like to like help us, especially as students and activists? Cause like, I mean, we're fortunate enough that we do have a lot of like a big group of activism. is quite a culture, I think in St Andrews and there's a lot of a drive around environmental initiatives, but also I think there's still some way that we could, we need to go and, things that we need to address so how would you like to help us to push for a sustainable and socially just future? well you know I'd like to see it done
1: as a cornerstone of rethinking the kind of transatlantic alliance for example because you know, after World War II and during the Cold War all of the in- institutions that we set up were really kind of you know focused on um, straightforward security defense you know for example Russia was a main feature sort of the Soviet Union and we didn't really think about all these things that are really existential you know beyond obviously the threat of a nuclear exchange um you know like climate change and pandemics which are tied together uh, you know those were kind of secondary issues they weren't at the top of our security thinking well they have to be Mm-hmm. you know when you've got california on fire actually siberia's been on fire as well you know you can kind of really sort of see here uh, the threat um you know st andrews rising sea waters would probably take away the west sands you know you have very delicate ecosystems you know just off uh, the coast of fife i remember a lot of um students when i was at st andrews doing diving you know and kind of looking at the kelp uh, forests and the mm-hmm. seals and uh you know kind of um you know just thinking about how you can tie in your local ecology and environment into a kind of a, like a, a larger national um, effort and then an international effort. And it might make sense because we do have, you know, this shared North Atlantic or Atlantic perspective. You have the North Sea and then, you know, kind of coming around the UK into the Atlantic. Try to think of that as part of Atlanticism. Uh, how do we protect our um, our seas, our fisheries? The kind of impacts of climate change on this whole you know north atlantic seaboard how could we make this you know part of the discussions about how do we um create a new relationship between the uk and the us and bring europe into this too and you know obviously there's a lot of uh, debate here about the new you know kind of green agenda the new green deal here in the us has become highly politicized how do we take the politics out of this and i think you take the politics out of this by having Students, children, you know, kind of in, in larger groups in schools and in universities start to set the agenda of the discussion. And it would, you know, take people like me, it doesn't have to be as a rector, but, you know, people like me in general to engage with you and to try to figure out how do we create the forums uh, for um having these discussions. Greta Thunberg tried at the United Nations, but, you know, you could kind of try to build up and make it part of a UK US relationship if we're rethinking you know, that special relationship. How do you make it part of these trade deals and discussions with um, Europe and the United States? Um, You know, so it's not just all about chlorinated chicken. And, you know, all of this is also um, sustainability of our food system. You know, so we need to be talking about trade and trade relations. Uh, in that context, too, of sustainability and impact on the environment, and as consumers, I mean, students are the kind of people you're being targeted all the time by people who are making ads, you know, for kind of uh, uh, selling goods, um, you know, um, basically being in touch with companies, um, lobbying companies uh, for change, making, it, uh, you know, peer through, you know, consumer preferences. I just think there's an awful lot of things that can be done. It's creating the right networks. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of I was a bit disappointed to see that people didn't often, you know, kind of try to help out Greta Thunberg. You know, she came and spoke to the United Nations. But, you know, what happened after that? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, kind of we can be very creative about networks, thinking about the alumni network of St. Andrews as well. Who is it who has been a graduate of uh, St. Andrews? Sometimes data privacy becomes a bit of an issue here figuring that out. But, you know, it's not that hard. Who could help connect? uh to important constituencies in business in government in international affairs who could you know work together with students uh on campus to get um you know some results so Um, i think you have to kind of um take the whole issue apart a bit because if you try to say i'm going to tackle it all at once then that's where we're not going to make any uh problems but what are different elements You know that we could uh, we could start to tackle in different groups. um, You know, kind of students and others, either on the research side or on the advocacy side. Um, You know, could tackle uh, different parts of this too.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's literally just about putting up on the agenda and getting people speaking about it and really considering it for decisions that are being made and, and giving it a voice. I think sometimes as a climate activist, you sometimes feel like, oh, are people even listening? And um, yeah, I think that's definitely important. Well, and-
1: you've also got to follow up with people too, because I mean, that's what I kind of worry about, you know, you know, often you have a big um, speech or a presentation, but then there's no action after it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you have to kind of think about, okay, we have someone come on campus to talk about it for a Zoom event. How can you follow up? How can you do something concrete? How can you engage that person over the longer term to do something? Who can you connect them with? Because change comes out of networks. I mean, you think about civil rights movement in the United States, uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement now that's also been picked up in uh, the UK and also internationally. How can you make those kind of move forward? And it's networks of people. It's getting the right people together to work together.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am. Yeah. I I also wanted to ask is obviously this is quite like such an intense time for us as students. And I think it can be quite like mentally and emotionally just taxing and looking at things like climate anxiety and the future. And I think, yeah, what, what do you think? How can activists protect their mental well-being? And what do you think needs to be done in St Andrews to sort of foster that environment to take care of students and their mental well-being?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, one thing is the environment is critical to our mental well-being. And there's so much research that shows, um, you know, the importance of not just mindfulness, but basically getting out into nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do that all the time. I mean, I, I every single day I go out to walk and I look at trees and birds and try not to get depressed and thinking about how fewer trees and birds are well. But, you know, it's kind of spending that time in nature and, you know, realizing of yourself as part of nature, is part of your own, you know, kind of mental well-being. Because when you have mind, mindfulness and biofeedback, you know, what do they usually do? Imagine yourself in a forest or imagine yourself on a beach. It's not, you know, imagine yourself in the supermarket or, you know, kind of imagine yourself, you know, in your college dorm room or the library. You know, yeah. so it's kind of nature is just in essence of itself part of our of our well-being and people are cut off from nature. I mean, I think that that's also part of many of the stresses and strains. But I think that part of the way of coping with this is doing something. Now I get incredible anxiety thinking about plastic, which I'm sure everybody does. Because I mean, when I was um you know student at St. Andrews, we didn't have plastic containers for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I go to the supermarket, I keep trying to take my plastic bags back to kind of, you know, not just recycle them, to put stuff in over and over and over again. But you know, we used to do that, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. You know, when I was a kid, we'd t- take containers back to the store to put, you know, produce in. You know, we'd kind of bring our milk bottles back. And I know this sounds almost like the Stone Age now. But you know we can actually start to work with local supermarkets on reducing the amount of plastics. You know, mm-hmm. so why not talk, you know, to kind of the local, um, you know, supermarkets and local stores to see if at the student level, you know, you can, you know, have um a, a, a basically a plastic-free, you know, um, container approach, not just cardboard, but you know, students bringing in. You know, there's, there's a bag tax in um, the um, Washington, D.C. area now, and the money from the bags goes towards education or and actually or towards, um, you know, sustainability goals like cleaning up the rivers and, uh, you know, environmental education. I mean, I think at the local level within St. Andrews through the Students' Union, you know, there could be, you know, tackle an issue that's um, something where you can do something locally because we know that a lot of recycling isn't actually working. So how could we actually just have less plastics used? Yeah, I agree. And Thank then, you. then, you know, with students, given all the researches you have on the marine um, front, is there something that could be done? You know, up and down, you know, the West Sands, the East Sands, or you know, within Fife, working with Fife District Council, that could start to tackle, you know, some of the kind of issues that might be really um, related to marine ecology. So it's definitely the idea of act locally, but then how could that be scaled up?
0: Yeah, now I think you summarised it very well in terms of that. For me, at least, as an activist, it's very much about. Balancing those two things of like actually spending time and going outside into nature, especially into an increasing virtual world anyway. And then at the second hand, actually doing things, because once you start to realise you can do things even locally and that like through small changes, you can reach people. It's kind of very empowering as well. So just building those spaces is definitely to do things is definitely um, Yeah, key. and you
1: might be able to get some program, you know, underwear at St Andrews where you could reach out to alums. There's a lot of, um St Andrews alums have become angel investors, particularly in climate and, you know, kind of sustainable, um, you know, development. And you could, um, you know, reach out again and sort of see if you could get, you know, sort of students to um, uh, raise the profile, something, get someone to invest in it. You
0: know, mm-hmm.
1: something that could be, because um, a lot of the problem is getting something that lasts over time. Because uh, you know a lot of the um, uh, fundraising for the university, obviously they want to have unrestricted. I mean, I've done a lot of fundraising for different institutions over time, and the gold standard is unrestricted. So the university can apply it to whatever they want, <laughs> you know. But you could uh, you know have a campaign as well, you know, to try to kind of get something targeted to a specific issue that would have a long term impact, mm-hmm. and something that maybe you could work with some of the um, students who are um, uh, doing scientific research. And kind of figuring out, you know, there. I mean, one of my um, friends from school, he didn't go to St. Andrews, but um, he's a professor at University of Warwick. And he's kind of looking at ways of making um, plastics, you know, biodegradable. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably some research being done at St. Andrews that might have some applications that students could kind of, you know, work with the research side of things to try to scale something into a pioneering project. They could try out pilot project and get an investor from the outside. It's a way of just sort of thinking outside of the box uh, and, and raising funding for that as well. And, you know, that's one of the things I'd like to help out if I was rector with working with students to figure out things that you drive. But then I could help, you know, connect you to people who could help realize it. Mm. For something that would help while you're on campus but also something that people like you could take when you move off mm. so that we don't all just have activism when we're on campus but we take it off into our career because yeah. that's another thing often people get engaged when they are students and then life happens when they leave you know mm. you've got a unique opportunity to do something in a four-year period at St. Andrews and then you leave and oh my god you've got to find a job and it's how do I find a house and you know what do I do with myself and it takes a long time until you you know, can get yourself established again to actually be able to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel now I'm going to be 55 this month, which is shocking to kind of think about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm in so much of a better position than I was when I graduated from St Andrews to actually be able to affect some change because I'm not panicking about where am I going to live, what job am I going to have and, you know, kind of, you know, how am I just going to keep it all together?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been like I've just so many topics. Where I'm like, oh, there we could carry on talking about. But just to, to wrap up, um, the final question I just want to ask you is, what kind of message do you want to give to students and to the St Andrews community in this rather like challenging time?
1: Well, I think it is just realise you can do things. You know, you have individual agency, but the biggest thing is you have a collective uh, potential here because you're a group of students at a um, a really well-known university in the UK that, you know, already has an international profile, you could use this as a platform to get things done. And, you know, you obviously need your voices amplifying, but, you know, you can um, take action. You have, you know, the ability to do it. And, you know, hopefully people like me, and, you know, the other uh, rectoral candidates will be able to help you. And I'd just like to say again, if I'm not elected as rector, because I I mean, I, you know, this is the student's choice and the statement that people want to make. Reach out to me anyway, because I, I want to stay engaged with the university. St Andrews is an amazing place. Um, it's an incredibly beautiful place. I mean, it's in itself, it's a gem of, you know, kind of uh, a unique environment in the East of Fife. I was, was just felt incredibly um, privileged to be able to be there for a period of time, but it's got an amazing alumni network. And, you know, we should we should make something of this. Let's not just sort of, you know, wait until another. 30, 40 years have passed and well, by that time we'll all be on fire, so there's no time to wait, (laughs) but let's just do something now and let's, you know, kind of reach out, create um, these multi generational coalitions. It doesn't have to be fixed in an organizational sense. People don't have to have titles or, you know, kind of to have a platform. That's kind of, we can all, you know, we can all create platforms.
0: Yeah, thank you. I think that's a wonderful message because like we don't have time to lose so many of these issues that we're facing today. We just need to act on it. That's right. Yeah, it's really inspiring to hear and to hear your support on this in general. So, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me as well. Though. Thank you. <laughs> Dear listener, this interview is part of a series I'm doing with all three rector candidates for the 2020 University of St. Andrew's rector election. Um, especially on the topic of environmentalism, climate change and climate justice and I hope you will listen to all three and hear what they have to say Um, and thank you so much to the different candidates and thank you to you as listeners for taking time to hear this. If you're a student please make sure to vote in the elections this week on Thursday and Friday, Um, vote for the planet, vote for social justice and vote for the issues that you care about in St Andrews Don't forget to be kind to one another, to this planet um, and um, to yourself.